Hi everyone, I'm Damon Klotz, and welcome to the Culture First podcast. Before we start the episode, I want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by CultureAmp. CultureAmp helps companies to create a better world of work. Using people science and technology, we give companies the tools and support to create high-performing cultures and ultimately deliver on more humanity at work. You can learn more about CultureAmp as well as find all of the episodes from this show at culturefirstpodcast.com. All right, let's get started. We attach so many meanings to our emotions, and we are meaning-making machines. And when we do that, it really stops us in our tracks. Culture first. 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 I'm Damon Klotz, and this is Culture First. This is a podcast about building culture first companies and the power of humanity at work. If you break down and analyze the 40 plus interviews that I've done for this show, then I think you'll find that each conversation is about the thoughts, feelings, and emotions that we all experience with our relationship to work. Now, not all of these thoughts and feelings are positive though. The stories we tell ourselves can lead us to feeling discomfort in relation to our job and the meaning that we take from it. Now, I believe it's important to feel this discomfort, and I want to share a quote with you. Discomfort is the price of admission to a meaningful life. The moment I first heard that line, I was stopped in my tracks. I know that there's moments in my life, both personally and professionally, where I can shy away from the feeling of discomfort. I can retreat to behaviours and patterns that have served me in the past, or I'll just find ways to just feel comfortable and avoid the conversations that I think might lead to discomfort. Now, I'm not ashamed to admit that. I think we all do that from time to time. But for me, I know that discomfort can lead to growth. And growth is something that is important to me as I navigate both my place in the world of work as well as my place in society. Now, if any of these concepts are resonating with you, then you're in the right place. That quote that I shared with you was from Susan David. Susan David is one of the world's leading management thinkers and an award-winning Harvard Medical School psychologist. Her number one Wall Street Journal bestselling book is Emotional Agility, and it really describes the psychological skills that are critical to thriving in times of complexity and change. Now, that feels like a pretty important topic for right now. So Susan will be speaking at our Culture First Global event this year, and I can't wait to have her on stage. She'll be in conversation with Claude Silver, who's the Chief Heart Officer at VaynerMedia. Now, if that name sounds familiar, you might remember that I had Claude on the show at the start of 2020, where we discussed the need to rebrand the term soft skills. Now, I can't wait to hear the two of them in conversation. And for you to do the same, all you need to do is head to culturefirstglobal.com Americas to get your free ticket. If you haven't already, I highly recommend that you do so. The whole day is shaping up to be an amazing event and the conversations I truly believe are going to help us put culture first as well as increase humanity at work. Now, we wanted to provide listeners of this podcast a preview of that conversation. 
So I've just sat down with Claude Silver to discuss with her the concepts of emotional agility as well as toxic positivity and the impact that Susan's work has had on the two of us as people leaders. All right, so it's now time to welcome Claude back to the show. All right, so today I'm joined for the first time ever by a return guest. Today I'm in conversation with Claude Silva and we have a pretty special conversation and there's a reason that she's back here on the podcast again. But this podcast is full of rituals, it's full of traditions. So Claude, to welcome you back onto the podcast, there's only one question that I need you to answer straight away and I'm going to see, do you know what it is? Are you going to ask me about a ritual? It's a ritual that I think is important to you, and it's a question I've asked you before. Music. Yes. So what song is in your head right now? I'm so embarrassed to tell you that it's a Rush song. Ooh. Tom Sawyer. Okay. You know that song by, by Rush? You'll look it up. I will have to I will have to look it up afterwards. You there's like 30 years that spans you and me. So go go back, go back a little bit. But uh it's an it's an oldie but a goodie. I am a I am an eighties baby and I do have fond memories of uh I think I like learned how to read by basically reading through catalogues that were sent to us in the mail and then like looking at my dad's record collection. So it, it makes a lot of sense that I kind of ended up in like a marketing world, but I'm like still deeply like love music. So here we are. Yeah, good. I, I I will tell you, I would have rather given you like a Depeche Mode song or an English Beat song or, I mean, I even, I would have gone for Kylie Minogue, but Rush was in my mind and I'm not going to tell a lie. Well, as the famous poet Kylie Minogue said, I just can't get this interview out of my head. So we are here to be talking about uh, all things humanity at work and emotional agility. And they're two concepts that you're going to be hearing a lot about at our Culture First events, as well as on this podcast moving forward. So, Claude, when I even just say the term humanity at work, what comes to mind for you? Authenticity, being real, being vulnerable, and acting as though you're sitting down to a meal with your best friends. When I say humanity at work in 2021, do those things still ring true? Or do we feel like we've had to, I guess, redefine what it means to be human at work? I do think we have to redefine because we're all coming to each other now on a screen. So it's that much more necessary to lean in a little bit more and and listen with more than just your ears. You have to listen with your eyes. You have to be, you know, conscious that you're being invited into someone's space. You need to be as, you know, as as not conscious of what you look like on camera. It's a whole other ball of wax that that uh, the pandemic has brought to us. But I do think that if anything, we need to lean in more on our humanity, more on our um, our emotional optimism and uh, ability to touch people and allow ourselves to be touched and affected by people. And as Chief Heart Officer at Vanham Media, when I say humanity at work, is there a specific example that comes to mind from your organization over the past 12 to 18 months where you really feel like, wow, like us as a company really had to lean into that? Of course. I mean, without without blinking, um, certainly just the onslaught of COVID, of course, but then the murder of George Floyd and Black Lives Matter, um, even, you know, the sentencing that uh, happened not too long ago um, with that trial. So there have been so many, call them earthquakes, if you will, which affect human beings and affect their ability to show up, period, and then show up on screen. And 
collaborate with people and be curious about, you know, projects and whatnot. So, you know, we, we have over-indexed on communication and in that transparent communication, which I'm really, really proud of our company for doing so. We're no longer leaving out that one piece of the sentence that we know someone needs. We're actually leaning in more on what Gary Vaynerchuk, my CEO, calls kind candor. Mm really not leaving anything out and coming to the conversations with compassion and kindness, of course, empathy, and um, you know, all of those things that we talk to. I mean, intuition and, and being humble. These are, these are important skills that everyone has access to and are so needed today. There's a nice kind of tie into, I guess, why we're having this conversation today, because we're going to be you know, previewing some of the concepts um, that we're going to be hearing more about at uh, Culture First events this year, but in particular, emotional agility. And before we kind of get into that, I wanted to kind of give a little bit of a preamble story, which is, um, I'm not sure about you, Claude, but I'm a uh, firstborn uh, child and also a firstborn grandchild in my family. So were you told that you are unique? I was told that I was unique, and I don't remember when, but I also am firstborn and firstborn grandchild. So we were both probably told that we're one of a kind, we're special and all that kind of things. But straight away, what we've realized is we both have a lot in common. You know, we both, uh, besides being firstborns in our families, we're also, we both believe in heart-centered leaders. We have both spent time in HR roles. We've both spent time in marketing roles. And we believe that marketing and HR should be two teams who are aligned and working together. We both love music, even though we're a couple of decades apart with some of our, our, our musical knowledge. But I think the big thing that we have in common is that we are both going to be interviewing Dr. Susan David, and you're going to be interviewing her at Culture First um, America's event. And if you haven't already, now is a great time to register. And I will also be interviewing her for this podcast in the future. So, you know, the fact that we're both going to be speaking to her, I know I've been like heavily Im- influenced by her work and her thinking, but maybe to start, can you just tell me like, how were you first introduced to her work? Yes, uh, what an honor it's going to be, by the way, to interview her. I was first introduced to her work on a podcast probably in 2019. And I'm not sure of the podcast. It could have been on HBR or something. But uh, she blew me away. First and foremost, of course, her accent really captivates you and takes you in. But what she talks about in terms of emotional agility and that these things are really accessible to all of us is uh, is really what drew me in her. She She has a kindness when it comes to talking about emotions that uh, I, I really gravitated towards. Yeah, when I uh, first heard her uh, speak, there was like a few things where I was kind of just like, wow, like this is someone that we need to be having in front of the people and cultural audiences. And this is uh, uh, things that leaders need to be hearing more about. And um, I think her most famous line uh, that I think people share a lot is that discomfort is the price of admission to a meaningful life. And I just heard that and I was like, wow, yes, that is, uh, that, that just hit me. I'm, I'm not sure if you had, had a similar feeling. Yeah, I think that absolutely hit me. I mean, it floored me because it is so true and it is so kind of in your face as well and a good reminder. And the other work that she's done that has really, really stuck with me is talking about emotions as data. And that emotions are here to provide us information. And they don't need to be something that we hang on to forever. And when she talks about, you know, instead of saying, I'm sad, for example, say, I'm noticing I am sad when, et cetera, et cetera. 
And even that shift in language, I really think opens me up, quite frankly. I don't mm-hmm. have to own the fact that I am this, you know, I am sad. I am having a moment in which I feel sad because. That little shift is something that I hope uh, many leaders who listen to this podcast or attend the event are things that they can actually actualize as behaviors in their in their team. So, like, I think a great example of that is like if you feel like you're being undermined in a meeting, rather than say, "I'm being undermined in this meeting," you say instead, "I'm having the thought that I'm being undermined in this meeting," or you know, "I'm having the emotion that I'm not valued," right? That I am. Uh, unworthy that I am all these things by just framing it as I'm having the thought that versus like labeling yourself all the time like we we get labeled so much and we label ourselves so much just shifting that sentence I hope is one of the ways that people can uh, increase their emotional agility in the workplace I agree and also I think to your point we attach so many meanings to our emotions and we are meaning making machines and when we do that it really stops us in our tracks it really stops us from being, I think, our full, our full potential, uh, expressing who we are. I'm sure it stops us from loving. And, uh, and so that's just something for us all to be aware of, that we attach so much meaning to everything. As a people leader of a large company, you know, you've got what, like hundreds, if not thousands of employees now? About a thousand now. A thousand, yeah. So, when you think about terms like emotional agility and toxic positivity, like how do you introduce concepts like that into the workforce? Well, emotional agility, we, we actually talk about when we, when we bring up emotional intelligence, and that's actually our way in. And then mm-hmm. talking about the traits of emotional intelligence, and especially around emotional courage and emotional regulation. And of course, that all ladders up to self-awareness, which is something that you know I, I talk quite a bit about, as does Gary. And in terms of toxic positivity, this goes back to something I said earlier, which is this last 13, 14 months, we have leaned in that much more on our transparent communication. And we have said the things that we may not have said prior. We may not have said in offices, in fact, but looking at each other, there's an intimacy on the screen here and looking at each other and and actually appreciating and also recognizing that which we are both experiencing, the collective of being at home, being on screen, but also like calling it out where we need someone to step up, where we need to raise our hand and take accountability for something that didn't go well and it's on me. So I mention all of that because toxic positivity for me is everything is great. Everything is fantastic. No, that was a good job. And it's, 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 cheap, and, it's cheap and not cheerful, quite frankly. It's just cheap. Yeah. And we need to not paint everything pink and put ponies everywhere. We need to get into the heart of what is going on within our culture. And that is to recognize and, and acknowledge, again, the emotion that we are having, to, to see what it is giving us, the data, the information, and then to move forward that much smarter, actually. And that's actually what I call emotional optimism, uh, is the opposite of toxic positivity. One of the other concepts that I think we're going to be covering in these conversations with Susan is also just like the hard conversations that we either like our bodies kind of freeze up and try avoid or the ones that just don't happen at all in the workplace. And I think what we've seen in the last 18 months is a transition out of something bigger than just like hard conversations, maybe about feedback, but also hard conversations about politics and race and other things that I think are impacting our ability to actually have humanity at work. So, you know, one thing that I know I've heard Gary Vaynerchuk talk about in the past is that like 
someone might hit results, but if they do it in a way which is through like toxic behavior or they bring other people down around them, then, you know, that's a conversation that he's willing to have. Are you still seeing that same appetite to like have leaders lean into those hard conversations, considering that we've broadened the scope of maybe what those conversations uh, you know need to be in the workforce? Actually, that much more, that much more. I think the this last 13, 14 months, you know, we've also worked with uh, high performance life coaches, all of the senior leadership team. And so we've uh, an- autonomously and anonymously, we have had our own coaching where we're looking at and learning from a coach who is calling us out when we are chicken, quite frankly, when we are not leaning into having those conversations. Because mm-hmm. in not having those hard conversations, we we do no one any good. We just, we think that we skirted the issue, but it will come back. We think that we are allowing a bully to have a second, third, fourth try, but we know that will come back tenfold. So if anything, you know, we're, we're leaning more into having these conversations. We have to. And, uh, and I, I actually think we're a, a lot stronger today than we were a year ago because of this. Yes, definitely. I think one of the concepts that I've been spending so much time thinking about is both organizational resilience, but also leadership resilience and then individual resilience and what we're, you know, willing to also like experience in the, in the workplace, but also the fact that we've built up some of these muscles to lean more into harder conversations, to give more direct and specific feedback, to not just allow someone to say, great job. And the person even follows up and says, why? Like, let's be specific. Like, what made that a great job? What are we working on right now? And like making the implicit explicit, I think is is critical because like you said, we are meaning-making machines. We read between the lines, even when they don't exist on a virtual screen. And we're not used to staring at ourselves all day and getting self-conscious about, you know, whether we are feeling like we're being undermined or not in these meetings. So I think our emotions are being heightened. Our thoughts are nonstop and the stories we tell ourselves about our experience with work right now is going through the roof, which is why I think this conversation with uh, Dr. Susan David is going to be so critical. So without giving too much away about the session, is there just like one question that you just like can't wait to ask Susan on stage at Culture First this year? Wow. Um, yes. I, I want to ask her questions around how we can properly train our managers and our soon-to-be leaders in a time of virtual and hybrid workplace? And that's, very, that's a very tactical question. But what, what I'm actually interested in and, and uh, can't wait to hear is some of the tactics. The philosophy, I understand, but she gets human beings in such, in such a vast way that uh, I think we're all going to be scribbling away pretty quickly um, when she she shares her her thoughts and her her knowledge there, I couldn't agree more. I think one of the, I think I've always, I've always been a pretty deep thinker, even about like workplace topics and things like you know engagement and performance and all that. But you know, to me, I think there is beauty in our work and 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 the meaning that we get from our work, and that also means that like sometimes we put too much kind of weight on some of those things. And one of the things that she's shared that I think um, has really stuck with me when I think about my relationship to the workplace is she said that life's beauty and fragility are interwoven. And yeah, for every moment of beauty, when you feel like I'm engaged, I'm high performing, I'm really enjoying everything that I do. There's all those moments of fragility, which is like, am I enough? Is this the right work? And everything that comes with it. So to be able to provide leaders out there, culture first leaders with some of this language 
not only for themselves but also for their team I think is just so critical so I can't wait to hear your conversation as well as have a chance to sit down with Susan myself oh wonderful thank you for having me and I'm so excited for the conversation Awesome. Well, if that was not inspiring enough, you know what you need to do. You need to go grab a ticket to Culture First as well as subscribe to this podcast so you can hear both Claude and myself in conversation with Susan David. So, Claude, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Great to see you. A big thank you to Claude Silver for joining me on this episode of the Culture First podcast. If you've been enjoying this episode as well as previous episodes, then it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review, subscribe, and most importantly, share it with a colleague who you think would love to hear more about terms like emotional agility and toxic positivity. Now, if you want to hear more from Claude as well as hear directly from Susan, then there's only one thing you need to do. You need to attend Culture First Global. So you can head to culturefirstglobal.com to get your free ticket. There, you'll see that we have three events for you, one for the Americas region, one for the EMEA region, and one for Asia-Pacific. Now, these events are all free, but they are limited, and we want you to be there in person, virtually with us. So make sure you head over to those events, sign up for the event that matches your time zone, or if you're just a really big fan and you want to stay up and listen, then we won't stop you. But all you need to do is head to culturefirstglobal.com to get your free ticket. This has been another episode of the Culture First podcast. I've been your host, Samon Klotz, and I want to say a big thank you to everyone who's listened to this episode. Until next time, have a great day.